Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley, and I am really happy that you are here today. If you are new, welcome in. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. This is something that I've been thinking about for a long time and something that is a little bit of a newer part of my journey. We're going to be talking about three powerful marketing tips that will help you get more customers. And I honestly, I have a little bit of a mental, or I used to have a little bit of a mental block about marketing. Um, I don't consider myself, or I guess I should say I didn't because it's changed a little bit now, but I didn't used to consider myself to be a good writer or to know anything about marketing. And honestly, the topic just really overwhelmed me. I mean, I've always had my own studio since, you know, since I was an adult. And so in ways I've had I must know something about marketing, right? Because I, I always had students in my studio and I always had a full studio and a full wait list, but it felt like something that I begrudgingly did for a really long time and that I didn't really understand and didn't really strategize about. And I just, I had like a negative energy around the whole concept of marketing um, for a lot of my business life. And it wasn't until more recently, I would say in the last few years, that I've really started to learn a lot more about marketing and just how powerful it is. And I think, you know, my original aversion to the idea of marketing is that I felt like sales were icky. I felt like, you know, when people tried to sell to me, it felt icky. Um, And so I didn't want to do that, right? Like I didn't want to be one of those people that was, was always doing a hard sell or was always pushing things on people. And I really had to overcome a lot of obstacles, first of all, in my ideas about what marketing was um, and what it entailed. And I had to learn how to go about it in a way that felt authentic to me and aligned with the kind of person that I wanted to be. Um, so when it comes to marketing, there just there are things that are going to help you, right? And these are things that I've learned along the way, and it's taken me a long time to learn them. So I hope that in this episode, it might, you know, maybe you'll have an aha or a little light bulb will go off for you, and maybe it will be a little bit easier for you uh, to jumpstart your journey to becoming good or fluent in marketing if you are not already there. So let's go through these tips um, and I'm going to share a lot about like my journey and just some things that I've learned along the way that will hopefully be helpful as well. So the first marketing tip and oh, I guess I should clarify actually before I dive in, that was that was a bad cliffhanger. Before I dive in, I should clarify that when I say marketing, I I don't mean that you are specifically creating something to sell. Maybe that is the case, right? Like maybe you're working on on your website or maybe you really want to write an email where you are trying to sell something. But I actually, I in order for me to feel good about marketing, I really had to change my definition of what marketing is. And I now see marketing as something that's just much more natural and something that I'm always doing, actually. And that doesn't mean that I'm always selling people. That is by no means what I mean because that would feel icky to me. What I mean by that is that marketing is really just how I move around in the world for my job, 
right? It's how I I present myself online. It's the things that I put into the universe. And I actually am pretty conscious about what I share in the online space. Not because I think it needs to be perfect, not because I think I need to paint an image or there's any sort of facade, but just because I do consider it to be marketing. So for me, you know, like YouTube or social media or anytime I show up online, it is marketing in a way, but that doesn't mean that I'm selling because marketing to me is really sharing my unique brilliance with the world right? It's sharing what I've learned and it's putting it out into the world with the hopes that it helps someone. That's what marketing is. And if you do it well, and if you show up authentically and you really speak your full voice with your full unique brilliance, then you don't have to apply spammy sales tactics and you don't have to like think about how to sell because naturally you're showing up as your full brilliant self and whatever it is that you're offering there will be some people that are interested right and and so when i think of selling and when i think of marketing i'm not I'm not thinking that I'm always doing it or that I'm always showing up trying to sell. I'm showing up genuinely trying to make connections, right? And whether someone ends up being a customer or not, I genuinely want to help as many people as possible. And I want to get to know as many people as possible. Like that is what drives me and that is what motivates me. And that is what is really exciting um, in, in what I'm doing. So I, I just wanted to clarify that as we go into this, because it's helpful to think about, you know, what marketing means to you. If you're thinking of marketing as being synonymous with selling, and if you think that selling feels icky, then you're going to have a lot of mental blocks like I did when it comes to the idea of trying to get better at marketing. But if you can come up with your own definition of marketing, and to me, marketing is just messaging. It's just showing up. It's just connecting with people. It's building community. It's trying to expand my reach and help as many people as possible. That feels good right? That's what I always want to be doing. I always want to be giving away a ton of free stuff and helping as many people as possible. And then sure, I, in doing that, I end up finding people that really resonate with my message and that really do want to connect with me on a deeper level. And that's wonderful, but that's not why I show up online. And that's not the purpose of everything that I put out into the world. Okay, so let's dive into these three tips. So um, the first tip that I want you to think about when it comes to marketing, messaging, and this this is true, all of these tips that I'm going to give you are true, whether you're, it's like a YouTube channel or Instagram or Facebook or your website or a flyer that you're going to hang in a local coffee shop or an email that you're going to write to existing parents or an email that you're going to write to friends and family and let them know that you have some spots available. Like anytime you are speaking or putting a message out into the world, where your goal is to maybe get some more customers, these tips will apply, okay? And the first tip is to know who you are speaking to. And this is very, very, very important. A lot of people don't take into consideration who they are talking to when they put a message out into the world, and that does a big disservice. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak um, a little bit about my own journey on YouTube here. When I started my YouTube channel, I didn't put a ton of thought into it. I, I started it kind of because I wanted to make videos for my current students, which were a wide range. Like I had children, I had adults, and I was kind of thinking like, I don't really wanna make YouTube videos for kids, but maybe I can make videos for the parents of the kids that answer their questions, or I didn't really know. So I just kind of started like coming up with ideas and putting it online. And part of that is because I, I didn't know, and it took me a little while of being creative to figure it out. Um, but I eventually realized that who I wanted to speak to was adult piano players that were not beginners. Adult piano players that had already been taking lessons, 
like either in childhood and they're coming back at it after a many year hiatus, or they've been doing it on their own and now they are looking for more. And this knowing who I'm speaking to has made the journey so much easier because now I can make videos where I'm, you know, speaking to that specific person and that completely changes the tone of the video. Now, if you are trying to expand online or like you're starting a new project, you might not know exactly who you're speaking to, but I urge you to spend a little time thinking about it because if I had just spent like probably an hour journaling about my YouTube channel and the intention behind it and what I really wanted to accomplish with it, I probably would have been able to get myself there and figure out exactly who I wanted to speak to. I just didn't do that prep work and I didn't put that much thought into it. So with anything that you put into the world, know who you are speaking to. And this leads me to my second point, which is once you know who you're speaking to, speak directly to them, right? And this is something that took me a long time to learn and it, it, it's, it still is a little scary sometimes. Don't be afraid to be polarizing. I think so often as artists and as music teachers, you know, especially if you're here and you're like me and you're like, I, you know, at my core, I'm an artist and I believe that everyone can learn how to play the piano and that, you know, music is for all and we shouldn't exclude people. Like I always am trying to be so inclusive and that makes it really hard to speak directly to your customer or the person that you're trying to reach. If you're always trying to be incredibly, um, I, this term that flows around is like vanilla messaging. It's like you're kind of speaking so broadly that you aren't really reaching anyone. And I'll give you an example of like when you are the customer and you go to someone's website and, you know, within the first few sentences you read and you're like, oh, that's not for me. Um, that's what we want customers to do, right? We want customers to see your Instagram post or your website or your YouTube video, and for them to know pretty quickly whether or not it resonates with them. And if you are using messaging that is powerful and marketing that is powerful, you are actually going to have the effect of drawing some people closer into you and repelling other people. And that's actually the desired outcome. You want to do that. You want certain people to be repelled unless you genuinely want to teach everyone and anyone, right? And so, for example, if you want your students to practice and you think it's really important that they commit to 30 minutes of practice a few times a week and you've made a boundary for yourself that you no longer take students that don't practice, you have to weave that into your messaging. You have to put some things about it on your website to make it clear when people see your website or when people see your Instagram posts that you only work with that next level student that's a little bit more serious. You are not the teacher that takes on any student with you know, like a super busy schedule that doesn't have any time to practice. And it's really, really, really important that you're super clear in that. Um, when you are speaking directly to someone, it's okay to be a little bit polarizing, right? And I'll give you some examples of how I do this. So one of the topics that comes up often in adult piano player communities is the topic of technical exercises. And this is something that I talk about a lot on my YouTube channel because my content focuses a lot on adult piano players, right? That are wanting to improve their skills, wanting to be able to play beautifully, but they have hit some roadblocks along the way. And so one of the things that I talk about frequently is um, this idea that technical exercises don't inherently make you better at technique. And so I will often say things that are really polarizing and I have a couple of beliefs that I know are really polarizing because I've gotten comments that tell me so, which is like, I don't really 
work with Hannon or Cherney. Like I don't assign those to adult students and a lot of people do, and that's totally fine. Um, and a lot of adults will work on that, but that's something that I put out in my content a lot because it kind of gets people's attention and it makes, it's something that sets me aside and makes me a little bit different than maybe a teacher who always assigns Cherney to their adult students or always assigns Hannon. Right. And it doesn't matter if, you know, you think I'm right or wrong in that. That's my own personal belief. And so that's what I put out into the world. And so if you start thinking about <clears throat> some things that you believe in your studio and you've noticed like, hey, some of my colleagues or some of my other friends that are teachers don't do this the same way that I do it. Those are those key things that you want to zoom in and that you want to talk about um, when you're putting content out or when you're putting marketing and messaging out, because those are the things that are going to repel some people that are the wrong customers for you. And they're going to draw in the right customers for you. So speaking directly to a person, um, don't be afraid to be polarizing and also, you know, speak directly to them. So say you, right. When you, I I've been doing a lot of website reviews for business coaching clients in the last couple of weeks. I think I've done like six or seven of them. And, um, a lot of times when we are writing content or creating a website, we're thinking about it from our point of view, right? Like this is what I offer. This is what my lessons are like. This is what I, 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 and when someone comes to your website or when someone sees a piece of content that you're putting on social media, they want to know how it affects them. And so it's much more powerful for you to say, instead of saying like what I teach, you can say what you will learn, right? It's a slight change in the marketing and the messaging, but it makes it so much more powerful because you're speaking directly to someone instead of talking about yourself. So once you know who you're speaking to, that's step, that's tip one, then speak directly to them. That is tip two. And that leads me to my third tip, which is to pick a space to talk to your potential customers and do it often, right? It, and honestly, where you're doing it matters a lot less than the fact that you are doing it often. Um, so it can be Instagram, it could be YouTube, it could be Facebook, it could be your website, it could be a podcast, it could be emails that you're sending out regularly, like newsletters to your students or to potential students. It doesn't matter where you are speaking to your potential customers, just pick something and do it often. And I know I've talked a lot in past episodes about consistency. And um, one of the things, one of the biggest mistakes that I see teachers make or business owners make is that they'll get on a kick where they're like, I'm going to better my business. I'm going to reach more customers and I'm going to grow. And so they'll like start an Instagram account, for example, and they'll post every day for like a month and they'll be doing awesome. But then after a month, they're like, wow, you know, I didn't really get a lot of likes or, you know, people aren't really commenting on my posts. You know, I'm not really like seeing the results from this and they'll stop. And that's a huge mistake. With marketing, you are always putting a message out into the world. Always, right? It's a non-negotiable of your business. It's not like, oh, am I going to create content today? Or, oh, am I going to try to get new customers? It's something that is a non-negotiable. If you want to grow your business, if you want to be an entrepreneur that, you know, is able to like earn more and work less and all of that, it's just a part of the business. And if you can see your marketing as a part of the business and something that has to be done every single day, you can actually start to have a lot of fun with it because you flex the muscle often, right? And you start to learn different parts of yourself. You start to see, you start to be able to be creative in different ways. Um, one of the ways I'll give you an example one of the ways that this first came into play for me was uh, 
the very, no, I, would, I guess it was the second business coach that I hired um, did this challenge. And it was 30 days of posting content. And at this point I had already been doing my YouTube channel for a while and I already had a regular schedule and like YouTube was golden for me, but it was at a time when I was not super comfortable on Instagram because Instagram, if I'm, I'll be fully honest with you, is not something that I've done forever. It's actually really been almost a year that I've been doing my own Instagram and creating content for Instagram. And so in the grand scheme of my business, that's not very long. And it was because of a lot of my own mental hurdles and a lot of my own hangups about social media and like things that I had to personally work through to, in order to show up on Instagram. But my business coach did this challenge of like 30 days of content. And initially I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds awful. I hate that idea. <laughs> but something inside of me deep down recognized that something like that would actually be really, really, really helpful for me because it would force me to get over some of those hurdles and to find workarounds and to be able to um, get through it. So I took on the challenge and I decided that I was going to do 30 days of posts, period. Like there was no if, ands, or buts about it. I was just going to do it. And at this point in my life, I thought I was an awful writer. I had no idea like how to create reels. I, I honestly, I remember literally Googling, like, what is the difference between a reel and a story? You guys, I, had, I didn't even know what the difference between a reel and a story was. And if you don't, that's okay. I was in your shoes less than a year ago. I had no idea. Like that's how much I, I did not have Instagram on my phone. I was not in touch with Instagram. And so it was a big hurdle, right? It was a big hurdle for me to commit to 30 days of content. And the other reason that this was challenging for me was because for some reason for me, Instagram seemed more like it it brought out the perfectionist in me a little bit more than YouTube ever did. With YouTube, I was able to have this like, just go for it. It's gonna be bad for a while and then I'll learn and I'll get better. Like I was able to keep that mentality with YouTube, but Instagram seemed like a place that just triggered my perfectionism more. Um, and so in order to do 30 days of content on Instagram, I had to get over that. Simply put, like I, I just had to get over it because I, you know, I have a toddler and I have a life outside of work and I don't have unlimited work hours. And so I knew that in order to do the 30 days of content, I didn't want to be spending hours every day doing it. I knew I had to probably create a post within like 20 to 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes max, but that's like all I could do. And even that would be a huge stretch to, to like take that amount of time from my day to try to complete this challenge was a huge stretch. So I got started and I, uh, I did it right. I completed it and I didn't miss a single day. I did 30 days of content on Instagram. And what was so cool is it really actually had a lot of similarities with piano practice, just simply forcing myself to go to my computer and write every day for 30 days and forcing my brain to think creatively about ways that I could do posts or reels or stories or whatever it was made me better it made me better at it. And by, so when I first started, it did, it was taking me like 45 minutes. It was even sometimes taking me an hour to write a piece of content. By the time those 30 days were up, I could pump out a piece of content in 10 minutes. I had an entire Google doc of ideas of different like creative reels that I could make and different kind of posts that I could do. It, it opened me up in a creative way. Uh, like I never could have imagined. Okay. It also really helped me get over that perfectionist tendency and it helped me build that routine around like content creation or putting something out in the world. My marketing and my messaging is something that I literally do every day. 
every weekday. I don't do it on the weekends usually. Like I'll be on stories or like maybe share more personal things, but every day on a weekday, it's a part of my business now. And I know it doesn't need to take a lot of time. I know it doesn't need to be perfect, but you know, making the space to do it as a regular part of my routine is what runs my business right? Like it is the most important part of my business. It's how I get in touch with my community. It's how I connect with people. It's how people connect with each other. It's how people connect with me. And it is really the entire powerhouse behind my business. So when you are thinking about marketing, there will of course be all of these mental hurdles of like, it's scary. Maybe you're not a good writer. Maybe you feel like you're awful at marketing. Maybe you don't even know what the definition of marketing is. None of that matters. Pick a space, pick a way to do it, whether it's online, whether it's that you're printing out flyers and you're committing to a certain number of hours a week posting flyers, pick a way to communicate with your customers and do it often and do it regularly. And, oh, I guess this is going to be a bonus tip because I didn't actually have this written down on my outline, but you can't give up, right? Uh, Something that I recently heard that hit me so hard because it was so true is like whatever you're experiencing in your business right now is actually a reflection of the work that you put in three to six months ago. Okay. So showing up for a week on social media and then quitting because you didn't get any likes is not going to cut it. You have to commit to doing something for the long run. My YouTube channel, I've been doing it for almost two years now, and I cannot tell you how many times I've wanted to just stop it. Right? Like if I were to look at the amount of views that a video gets every video and agonize over the fact that maybe a video didn't get as many views as I wanted, I would have quit after five videos because the the honest truth is that none of my videos still get as many views as I want, right? I mean, my goal would be that they're all getting like millions of views, but they're not there yet, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep running that machine. And I know that in six months, I'm going to be in a different place than I am right now. In a year, I'm going to be in a different place than I am right now. So whatever you decide to do when you pick your space and you decide to start speaking to your clients, commit to like six months or a year. Do not get bogged down by vanity metrics. Likes don't matter. Comments matter because it's helping you build like community and engage with people and stuff. But it's okay if you're not getting comments either. What matters is that you're flexing the muscle. You're creating the space in your routine to make it a priority. And the, you know, the likes, the comments, the engagement, all of that, the community aspect that will come later. It's going to take probably like three months of you doing it before you really start to see anything. So you have to commit for the long haul and you have to be willing to do that. Even if it feels like you're not seeing the results, just be patient. They will come. I promise. Now, if you're also really underwhelmed by the results that you're getting, or you're wanting more specific help with like, how do I even, what kind of content do I create? Or, you know, how do I figure out what my messaging is or what I believe, or how can I be polarizing if I don't even know, you know, what I believe as a teacher, if you're stuck in those kind of places, that is something that I really help people work through in my private business coaching packages. And if that's something that you're interested in, now is the time to get set up with one of those 10 week packages so that by the time fall comes, which is the biggest enrollment period for piano lessons, you are ready to go, right? And you're streamlined and you have all your assets in place and you're ready for a new level of growth. So if you're interested in one of those packages, you can click the link below and read more and apply to work with me. Um, I, I do have a spot left for July. I had three and I have one left now. And so if you're interested, just apply and I will be in touch with you um, within about 24 hours. So I hope to talk to you soon and I will see you next week.
or I guess I should say I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you next week, right? I keep saying I'll see you all next week. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. I love connecting with open-minded business owners from all over the world. As you know, a studio policy is one of the most important assets of your business, and a good studio policy will save you time and energy. For this reason, I created a free PDF with a list of three ways that you can level up your studio policy right now. To grab the free PDF, head on over to ashleyjyoung.com slash level up, and the link is in the show notes as well. Talk to you soon.